Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The thing about the name your price tool from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the name your price tool from Progressive. We probably don't even need the words the name your price tool to tell you that our humpback whale pub gives you options based on your budget. Or that our novelty hand buzzer helps you save on car insurance. And that's the thing about the tiny felt bag filled with marbles. At this point, you've heard a lot of ads about the elusive Northern Bobcat. The name your price to... <clears throat> the neighbor who baked you banana bread. Only from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ghost in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. Thank you for checking out episode 71 of the podcast. We are still on lockdown here. You probably... By the time this will air, you know, roughly we can have two weeks in, maybe somewhere in that range. I hope everybody is still doing okay and nobody is sick and you're surviving. That is the most important thing. But today we are going to talk about remote viewing and the government's role in remote viewing. So it's going to be cool. It's going to be interesting. You might learn something and you might realize that there might be more to it than you originally thought. So Let's go ahead and get the podcast started. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. Now, I have been fascinated with psychics. I, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I'm not a big psychic guy. I do believe it is very po- The mind is a fascinating thing. And it is very possible that people can have, not abilities, I don't want to use the word abilities, but the brain can and our minds can do more than what we think it can. Now, does that mean people can levitate objects, bend spoons or whatever? I don't know about all that, but I do think there is something to the psychic thing. I think we can perceive and receive things and interpret it in our mind more than what we do. I've seen it, but I think everybody has some sort of I don't psychic ability to where, not that we can pick the lottery numbers or anything, but we are much better at interpreting our environment, interpreting the energies of our surrounding world than we give ourselves credit, whether that skepticism has actually caused us to forget some of it and not really move into that realm or think it's hocus pocus i don't know but i do believe we are capable of much more than what we do today psychically and mentally it doesn't mean we're going to win the lottery it just means we can 
see a little bit more than what we see right now. We can perceive more. I mean, we've all heard of the concept of your gut feeling, go with your gut. Maybe that is what our psychic ability is, you know, intuition. We've all, I know I've done it. I'm sure you probably have had some kind of experience, whether it be driving or some kind of scenario where you just felt like you shouldn't do it and you don't do it and something happened or something, there was some kind of situation that you avoided. That was your intuition and that was possibly some kind of psychic awareness of your environment, of your surroundings. So the skeptic is going to say, oh, it's just coincidence. Now, I'm not a big believer in coincidence. I believe everything happens for a reason. And I don't think everything is a coincidence. But it's up for debate. It's up for least discussion. I think we should least discuss it and leave an open mind to understand that this there's much more to this world than what we understand. Science does not have it all figured out. We are learning new things all the time about science and things we thought 50 years ago were impossible are possible today and that's because of scientific breakthrough better understanding of our environment better understanding of the universe better understanding of the way things work so we need to keep an open mind that there might be something to this now the government has had psychic programs remote viewing all branches of the government they have put a lot of money, time, into remote viewing. The CIA, DIA, the Army Intelligence, NSA, even NASA has all had some sort of part or some, yeah, some sort of role in the remote viewing programs. So what is the third eye? And I think this all comes from the third eye. Basically, your third eye in your mind is the mind's eye, which provides perception beyond our ordinary sight. We can, I'm not saying necessarily see what's going to happen tomorrow, but we can perceive things. We have intuition. But people are so skeptical. People don't want to believe in things that could be what? we think are supernatural, which might not actually be supernatural at all. Just It just seems supernatural because we don't understand the process. We don't understand what is going on in the environment, what is going on in our own mind or our own bodies that causes these things. People fear the unknown. They want life to be simple, be comfortable. This is one reason why they dismiss the supernatural or mystical type events. They can't comprehend or can't control those things. And if you can't control something, you are leery. You, you don't know what the outcome is if you can't control it. That's why I'm not scared of flying, but I don't like to fly per se because I'm not in control. I'm putting my life in somebody else's hands. I don't even like necessarily to drive in a car or be in a car where I'm not driving because I'm not in control. I like to be in control of my own destiny or my own life to a point I know you can't control everything, but I like to have that feeling of, okay, if I screw up, it's my fault, not somebody else's. If I'm going to crash this plane, it's my fault, not somebody else who I don't know what they did last night. I don't know if they got drunk. I don't know if they were, they're on drugs. I don't know if they're just jerking off in the bathroom. 
I don't know. So fear, or we don't like the unknown because we can't control it. And this is, like I said, a big reason why people don't put a lot of stock into the supernatural. Now, remote viewing is kind of like clairvoyance. It's the ability to get impressions from distant or unseen places, targets, locations, whatever you want to, whatever word you want to use. But now it it is viewed, is definitely what the scientific world would call a pseudoscience. Some scientists think it's a bunch of BS, that there's no such thing as ESP or extrasensory perception. That's great. I don't even know. I think there's something to it. But there is something to the programs that have been laid out, that have been done, the experiments that have been done, and have been supported by the U.S. government. And that's governments all around the world really have done, had some sort of psychic type program. And one thing I know, yes, the government wastes a lot of money. But if the government's putting money into it, there might be something to it. Now, if they just throw a little bit of money at it for a year and nothing, okay, they stop it, it's done. But when they continue a program for years, up to 20 years or so, okay, they're not going to waste that much money and waste that much time. There is something to it. They have had some successes now. Whether or not they are telling us those successes, I seriously doubt. But if they're putting that much time into a program, then there probably is something to it. Now. Remote viewing went mainstream in the 90s because it came out that the government, mainly the CIA and the Army Intelligence Corps, was actually doing remote viewing or had teams of basically remote viewers. It came out because of declassification of documents about the Stargate project. Now, the Stargate project was a $20 million research program started in the 70s and was sponsored by the U.S. government. Now, the CIA was hardcore behind this in the beginning. Now, eventually, down the road, that did change. Now, why it changed, we'll get into a little bit. But between the 70s and 90s, several, like I said, several branches of the government had some sort of remote viewing or psychic tech program. Like I said, CIA, NSA, Army Intelligence, and even NASA. What the hell would NASA need a remote viewing or psychic program for? I don't know. Why would an aeronautical company have some sort of role in remote viewing or some kind of psychic program? That's fascinating to me. I don't understand it, but nevertheless, they threw some money at it as well. Now, everything all started at SRI, the Stanford Research Institute. This actual remote viewing department was ran by Hal Putoff who is a physicist, a legitimate scientist, an actual physicist, put effort into this program. And later on, Russell Targ came into the picture and was one of the forefront people in the SRI program. Now, CIA got involved when they sent Ken Kress, who was a CIA undercover physicist, whatever that title actually means, I don't know, but a CIA undercover physicist which is kind of funny. They have undercover physicists. They basically sent him to work with SRI and help them and study this phenomenon, essentially, of remote viewing. He wrote a long paper describing what was going on in there. That was declassified, and you can find that on Google. 
Now, I read through some of it. It's kind of a long, boring read. There's a lot of documents there. Didn't get through it all, but he understands that there is something to this phenomenon or this practice of remote viewing. Now, SRI was at the forefront of remote viewing. They had several successful experiments, and I'm not even all their experiments have come out. They had several remote viewers in their lineup, essentially. Pat Price, very popular remote viewer, wasn't around very long, and his story is kind of fascinating, but he was a former police chief who had some intuition-type feelings when he was a police chief that led him to help solve some cases. So he had some remarkable abilities. He and SRI were brought in on the Patty Hearst case. Once, you know, once he was in SRI and they were doing experiments with him and trying out his abilities, and once the government was all involved, the actual investigators of the Patty Hearst kidnapping case brought them in. And he, here's the really interesting part. He was the one who told them where to find the car that she was actually kidnapped in. He described where the car was at, what was across the street, water towers and all that stuff. And one of the police officer who was in that meeting or whatever said, I know exactly where that is. So they went and damn it, the car was there. Now, Pat Price was a big player in this, especially the CIA's role in the remote viewing world. It's kind of confusing what went on with Pat Price. It almost seems to me, or I might be mistaken on this, you might want to check me, but I think he actually left the program and actually went to work for the CIA, per se. Now, What's really fascinating about him, he was very religious. He had a relationship with the church. So there was some thought that maybe he was a double agent for the church because the church was having IRS problems. And where this story, where his story, I should say, really takes a turn is he died. He had a heart condition and possibly a heart attack. But there's maybe some evidence that his death was not completely natural. Maybe the CIA, I'm not saying the CIA committed an assassination. I'm not saying that at all. But there are some circumstances to his passing that don't quite add up. The Russians might have been involved. It's a really, really weird case. But he died basically, he died on July 13th, 1975. So this was very early into the remote viewing process or the remote viewing program. Now, the godfather, essentially, of remote viewing and who really got the ball rolling was who brought it to SRI and all that was Indigo Swan, who is a fascinating character. He was the person that actually taught, put off Antar about remote viewing and the processes and really was beneficial to the program. He was not interested in the old, like, Ghostbusters. You remember the... Ghostbusters, where Bill Murray was, you know, they were trying to guess cards. He wasn't big on, you know, guessing cards or seeing what was in the envelope. He really wanted to look into the world, look into other places, take his consciousness into other areas, whether it be the world and even other planets out in the solar system. 
And here's something interesting, which, you know, I don't know a lot about this, but from some research I did, he actually remote viewed or was the first person through remote viewing to describe the rings of Jupiter. He did this before Voyager 1 actually reached Jupiter and documented the rings in 79. Now, there have been other players in the remote viewing game, you know, people such as like Yuri Geller, which I don't know a lot about Yuri Geller, but, and I might do a little bit more research into him, but he was part of the program for a brief time, but they really questioned where his loyalty was because the CIA and the government was highly involved in the research at this point, and he might have been a little bit of a shady character, and he kind of has the uh, perception or the aura around him that, you know, more of the classic psychic, you know, maybe a little bit of a fraud, maybe a little, you know, is the trickster, you know, the con artist type. I don't know a lot about Yuri Geller. I Like I said, I'll probably research a little bit more, but he might have been iffy, but apparently he had some ties to other governments with this kind of stuff. So I don't know. I'll probably do a little bit more research and maybe actually do an episode on him just himself, because he seems kind of fascinating at this, at this point. Now, it, it didn't really take long for the government slash CIA, whatever you want to, whichever one you want to say, but we'll go CIA for this purpose. It didn't take long for them to see the benefit of this being used as a spy tool. They really felt that this could actually, if this was possible this would actually benefit them greatly because the one thing with this theory essentially is they could get a look at a location or a target without putting boots on the ground without having a flesh and blood person or spy there to actually put them in harm's way they could get in get out without being detected so they were gung-ho when it comes to this project at first And let's face it, the CIA has been, you know, they've been involved in some shady shit in the past. MKUltra, where they, you know, basically tried to create a Manchurian candidate, essentially. It was a practice with LSD or experiments with LSD and hallucinogens, mind-altering drugs that hopefully they could get somebody to do their bidding and they would have no recollection of it. And you can't forget about their uh, interrogation experiments on college campuses, most notably at Harvard in the 60s. There's some say that they created the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, because he took part in those experiments, those trials, I guess you could say, where they tried to break you down and see how far they could go and what they needed to basically reboot the brain and get them to tell them whatever they wanted to. So they have been involved in some shady shit. You can't even debate that at this point. Now, like I said earlier, the CIA and the U.S. government were not the only, we weren't the only country to look into this, to do experiments. Other countries around the world did it, mainly Russia. Russia was involved in this kind of experimentation, this kind of research. But the main purpose, when the CIA got involved in this, what they really wanted to do is be able to take a longitude and latitude and, you know, pick that spot on the globe and send somebody or have somebody remote view that 
area or that specific location. Now, one experiment that I found very interesting, and if you saw the uh, documentary Third Eye Spies, they really talked about this experiment. Now, one of the researchers with that had connections to the CIA, they were discussing it, and they want they were really, like I said, we really wanted to focus in on longitude and latitude. So it was kind of they were joking around and. He said, basically, give me a longitude and latitude, and we'll see what happens. So they gave this guy, or somebody gave him a longitude and latitude, didn't tell him what it was. They took this longitude and latitude and had one of the remote viewers, I don't remember which one it actually was, actually remote view that area. I want to say it was Price, but I'm not quite sure. If it was actually Price, it might have been Swan. I don't. I don't remember. Anyway, they remote viewed this location. The reports from this remote viewer basically said, you know, underground system to where you know three, four, five, six floors below ground, and it went so far as to talk about filing cabinets. And it gave this remote viewer gave names had words where almost like they he read was reading the files but he gave all this information in his remote viewing session and drew out a map of this location and everything so the researcher took this back to the person who gave him longitude and latitude and the guy just started laughing i guess and said i gave you the longitude and latitude of the cabin i just built in west virginia well to make a long story short essentially as they did more research and looked into it. It turns out just a couple hundred yards away over the ridge, there was a naval intelligence base. Their main focus was to actually intercept or spy on Russian spy satellites. And when it all came through, this remote viewer actually, the words he came up with were related to pool, like cue ball, eight ball, pool cue, things such as that. Those are the words that he saw. Those are the words that he wrote down. And all of those words were actually in a filing cabinet in one of these underground bunker types things. And they're actually code names for top secret missions and programs. So this remote viewer nailed it when it came to it. It was just a few hundred yards away. Now, this started up a whole shit storm when it came to the program because naturally there was a lot of people that didn't buy it. They thought there was a leak. They thought that somebody was a spy and the NSA really, you know, every form of law enforcement came calling and wanted to know what the hell was going on. They had a hard time wrapping their heads around the fact that somebody remote viewed this location, this naval intelligence base and never set stepped foot on it just by a longitude and latitude. They got this. They got this information. They cracked the seal. I mean, that's hard to actually wrap your head around. You couldn't just guess this stuff. You, This isn't a coincidence. This isn't random. If this account is 100% true, then remote viewing is very, very, very possible. We should always continue to keep learning. And I learned something just not too long ago, the other day, I believe. You know, you've always heard the... uh saying that we only use 10% of our brain. Now, I recently learned that that's actually false. That is a misinterpretation of what the actual quote was. I don't remember who said the quote. Basically, the gist of it was 
we only understand 10% of what our brain does. So it's a little false, but it's still 10% of what we don't know the full capabilities of our brain. We don't know what we can do, what our subconscious can't actually acquire. Maybe there is something to the remote viewing phenomenon. Can we actually take our consciousness and pick out a time or pick out a place on the planet in the solar system, in the universe, and actually go there through our consciousness, through our minds? Now, a a lot of people say this is science fiction, but we don't truly understand what's going on here and what our true capabilities are. Now, can all of us do this? That is the question. Is this a select few people that have this ability, or do all of us have this ability, just some of us are not in tune with it? Some of these powers or these things our brains can do are just suppressed through culture, through our upbringing. That is one really interesting point. And Russell Targ even talks about this. He says, and he is a physicist, he has more knowledge about this than anybody probably in the world. He says every one of us has this ability to remote view. We can take our consciousness to another location, possibly even another time. Because some of his experiments that he did with some remote viewers, actually, they remote viewed something from the past. Now, if we can, go, if they can remote view in the past, could they possibly remote view in the future? That's an interesting question. But he firmly believes that anybody, we all have this ability. Everybody can do it, and he states this because there was a couple times, or one or two, however many times, it's irrelevant. A few times, their remote viewer didn't show up. He stepped in and did it himself. It actually showed some or had some success doing this in remote viewing. And he was just a scientist. He had no special psychic type abilities whatsoever that he felt. So can we all possibly do this with the right mindset, with the right clearing of the mind, with the right focus? Can every one of us have the ability to take our consciousness somewhere else in the world. Now, a lot of people talk about astral projection. Is this kind of the same thing where we take our consciousness outside of our body and go into another realm? If that's possible, then it's very possible that our minds can go somewhere in this realm, any place we want to go. I don't know. I mean, I think it's fascinating. I think some of their cases are very compelling. I think they make a very good case, and they have had success. Now, naturally, as time went on, the government supposedly shut this down and stopped funding it and kind of turned its back on the remote viewing community and all their projects. They kind of downplayed it, and basically, there seemed to be, from what I understand, from what I researched, and from what I saw in the documentary, there was kind of more a religious surge in like the CIA and some of these higher up programs in the government to where they thought this was the devil's work. This was Satanism. This is witchcraft. We shouldn't be doing this. So they kind of, the CIA dropped it and pushed away and didn't want to actually be associated with this anymore. Even though they were using it, they actually had successes 
They located down planes, important targets. These are documented cases. They actually used it and had success for it. They gave medals and awards to some of these remote viewers. But yet when it came to the public perception, they downplayed it. They said it's just a bunch of supernatural hogwash, and they wanted no part of it. Especially the CIA, they really badmouthed the U.S. Army Intelligence Program, who had a lot of successes and really, really were tapped into this and really were focusing on this. According to all accounts, they say around the mid-90s, all programs ceased. The government no longer took part in any of these. But naturally, as we've seen here in recent times with UFO investigations, the government says they stopped, but they kept doing it and are still doing it. And there are those in the remote viewing or parapsychology field that still believe and have contacts that the government is still actively researching this, actively practicing this. So, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, if the government is devoting time and money into it, there's something to it, especially when you talk about this program was started in the early to mid-70s, and here we are in 2019, 2020. If they're still doing it, just on the lowdown, there is definitely something to it. They are definitely having some success in actually getting people's consciousness to be able to go to other locations. I don't know. You let me know what you think. Do you think this is a bunch of hogwash? Do you think this is witchcraft? Do you think this is Satan at work? Which I'm not, I don't. But if that's your opinion, let me know. Be sure to send me an email at gitnpodcast at gmail.com. That is really a great way to interact with me or get me a message. I always check my emails. Or send me a direct message on Twitter. That is another awesome way to interact with me. And I will get back with you. My handle is at night underscore ghost. But I think there's definitely something to it. Like I said, let me know what you have to say. I hope everybody's having a safe quarantine situation here with everything's going on with the coronavirus. Just keep your heads down. You know, try to limit your contact without exposing yourself. But we just limit our contact and don't panic. We'll get through it. That's going to wrap up this episode. Be sure to, like I said, follow me on Twitter at night underscore ghost. We are on Facebook as well, Ghost in the Night. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Ghost in the Night, that is, we put videos of every episode that we do, plus we do do some extra clip episodes and some investigation videos. Investigations are going to be slim here with the quarantine. I'm actually, something arose here at the home. I might do a little quick investigation here to kind of get another on the hunt episode. I don't know, but don't forget, be on the lookout for that, possibly in the near future. I don't know how the consistency of the timing of these podcasts is going to be. I'm going to keep putting them out as much as I can. Hopefully, I'll even try to do a little bit more content for you, put out a few bonus episodes, but we are going to do our best. That way, you're not bored to death. I'm not bored to death, and we'll see what happens. We'll get through all this, but be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That would greatly help me out. Be sure to share this with anybody that you know that loves the paranormal or is fascinated with the creepy or are interested in remote viewings, psychic things, just anything supernatural, be sure to share this podcast with them. Be sure to 
follow or subscribe to however you take in the podcast, whether it be iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn. Now, be sure to follow us, rate us, review us, all that stuff. But most importantly, reach out, say hi, let me know what you think. If you have an idea for a show, hit me up on Twitter or send me an email at gitmpodcast.com. Don't forget, we have a Facebook group with the Cincinnati Ghost Chasers. That is a great place to share your paranormal experiences, share your paranormal thoughts. And I also post these episodes there or at least do, hey, heads up, hey, episode's coming out or episode is out. So be sure to become a member of the Cincinnati Ghost Chasers group page that is directly affiliated with me and the Cincinnati Ghost Chasers. But just remember, stay safe. Do your best to kind of stay away from people. Like I've been self-quarantining for years. I don't like being in large groups anymore. I hope you get through it. I hope this doesn't hurt your lifestyle. I hope you are still able to work, get that income for your family. And for those of you in the food service industry, you know, my prayers are with you. I know this is going to be a rough time for you because they've shut down the restaurants. I know they have here in Ohio in a lot of states. Um, I'm not up to date on how every state's handling it. But I know here in Ohio, the food service people are really going to be struggling here in the next couple of weeks. If this goes on for a really extended period of time, we're going to have a lot of people out of work. I don't know if they're going to have jobs come back to if this goes on for very long. These restaurants might go under, especially some of these smaller mom and pop type locations, not these big chains. But my prayers go out to you. Just keep your head down, stay safe, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening and take care, everybody. New Extra Charge Hot Nice Coffee from Dunkin' is made with 20% extra caffeine from green coffee extract because we could all use a little extra this year. Whether that's an extra boost, some extra boldness, or the drive to go the extra mile, we're extra ready for whatever comes our way and extra excited to take it on. Let's get it done with a medium extra charged coffee from Dunkin' for $2 with 20% more caffeine and pair it with snackable stuffed bagel minis for an added all-day boost. Order ahead on the Dunkin' app. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now, so let us tell you something you do want to hear. No one is funnier than you. People laugh just thinking about the things you've said. <laughs> I'm laughing at one of them right now. Coworkers repeat your jokes at the office, but they're never as good as when you tell them and shame on them for trying. There. Don't you feel better? You'll also feel better knowing you could save when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. <laughs> Although I'm sure you'd have a funnier way to say that. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.